All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Overcome Become podcast. Uh, with me, as always, is my kind co-host, Humberto Kaufman, and we hope you guys are having a fantastic Monday. Humberto, how are you doing today, big guy? I'm excellent, man. How are you? I'm tired as fuck, but I'm doing good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting there, too. Um, yeah. As I mentioned to you, I, I modified my diet a little bit over the last week. I was It was a little bit too monotonous. And I am the type of person that prefers monotony uh, rather than spending too much time in the kitchen. So far, it's really worked for me. But it was getting to the point in which I was getting a little bit of a harder time getting those meals down than usual. So then I realized, you know what, maybe... It's, it's time to put a little bit more effort into meal prepping. I mean, granted, I have the luxury of being able to cook every single meal fresh if I need to, because I primarily work from home and, you know, everything is done online over the phone and whatnot. The only, basically, the only two reasons I leave the house are to go get groceries and to go to the gym. That's it, right? But I changed to us. Was that? So you're living the dream is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. For some, maybe for a lot of people, I don't think so. But uh, so I changed it to as much variety on everything, carb sources, the vegetables, the, the fats, the proteins, everything. And you know what I got to say? I think I was potentially missing a little bit of micronutrients in the, in the diet because even after one day of having this variety in my system, um, I feel a lot better. I feel like I'm thinking a lot more clear. I recover a little bit better. Uh, so I'm really glad I did. I'm still tired because the, 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 the macros are very similar. Uh, actually, the carbs are a little bit lower, but um, but just the variety makes makes it feel like I'm getting a little bit more full. I'm getting a little bit more satisfied with every single one of my meals. So, um, but we are getting you know closer to our shows. You are now nine weeks out. I am just under thirteen weeks out. So you know, for you, it's within the, the next couple of weeks where you know hell is going to be present. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I, I embrace it because the shitty, okay, the shittier I feel in a way, like the happier I am because I know it's like getting closer and closer to where I need to be, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense if you know what yeah. you're doing and why you're doing things. Because I think for a lot of uh, novice competitors, they will start to get hungry and then more tired. And if they don't, make that connection or association with like you are doing right now when it comes to, you know, feeling shittier and suffering and all that. Uh, they just, they just focus on the negative, which is I am hungry and I am tired. But, you know, if you're doing it for a while, you know, even though this is only your second prep, you learn and grew so much of your first prep, but now you can make that, that connection. But the more I've done this, the more I, it's almost, it gets to the point in which if you're not feeling like that, you're not happy, you're not satisfied, you feel like something's wrong, something's off. And I think it should be the same in every single aspect when it comes to the prep, because if you really think about it, when it comes to the training, uh, if you don't take a moment prior to your training to just think about the level of discomfort that you are about to put yourself through or that you are seeking, it is unlikely that you will get to the degree of intensity and, and, and to do what you're trying to really do to or, or get out of that training session uh, if you don't think about it in terms like that like what i mean is prior to let's say a lower body session right obviously because these are one of the hardest training sessions in, in, in anyone's program if you just go through emotions if you start with a warm-up and just mindlessly start to go just you know check the boxes yes set one yes i get this number of reps or whatever it, I, especially after doing this for a while you it, your body is just not going to change. Your body has adapted. This is what is expected. It's comfortable for it. You're giving it no reason to change. Now, if prior to it, you go with the mentality that 
you don't want to stop a set or leave the gym until and unless you're absolutely annihilated and you are beyond your level of comfort. It's super uncomfortable. It, it you, you know, you're, you're barely able to catch your breath. You're just pouring. So that is the attitude that you should have prior to even your warm-up set because that is going to set the tone because even if that first working set is just grueling and it's very very challenging and it's just it's just so hard it is going to set the tone for remaining of the session um which is going to make internal difference when it comes to your physique at the end of your prep right so um that association i think is very important because a lot of people just focus on oh this sucks it's, it's really uncomfortable you focus on the negative as opposed to thinking i want to get to this point because this is what i'm going to get out of it oh i I, I honestly agree with you completely. The more conversations that obviously me and you have off camera, off a podcast, which is quite frequent, you know, I try and really think about these things because they resonate so much, whether it's your first time competing, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, whatever it is, or you're just training in general. If you have that mindset, you're always going to see progress because you're pushing yourself to the very brink of your limits, right? Which is essentially what you need to do, whether it's prep and you're trying to get into prime physique shape or if it's your off season, you're trying to build muscle, right? Mm -hmm. You know what? Uh, this is something that I've thought about over the last, it is kind of related to what we're talking about, but it's just kind of popped into my mind. And I've had conversations with, with other people that have been doing this for a while as I have. For some people, myself included in the past, we all have different reasons. We all have different motivators, right? A lot of people come from like, like darker pasts or uh, perhaps more, um, whether it's like humble beginnings or whatever the case is that it's almost like their current situation helps them get through their prep or motivates them to become better in whatever case, whatever the case may be. So for example, when I first started competing, I was a student. I, you know, obviously after, after graduating, I started working and I, I was making barely any money. I, you know, I was not, I was starting to get my name out there. I had nothing in comparison to what I, uh, fortunately, have been able to build out. So then my motivation was like, it's almost like I am a nobody. I have to earn my place. I have to really work to where I want to get. And I have found, and I've, I, I, I've all, almost like caught myself in my thinking and realizing that it has changed a little bit because luckily, and you know, through hard work, I've been able to achieve certain placings and, and titles in bodybuilding um, and also grow my business, get some accomplishments as a coach as well. So I almost, no, no, not almost. I caught myself almost thinking more softly, you know, so to speak. Like I was softer in my mindset, less hardcore, if you want to call it that way, because I was, <laughs> I was happier, I guess. So my, that first or initial fire that I had under my ass from, you know, coming from, so to speak, uh, in the bodybuilding world, coming from nothing, having achieved nothing, and still have a lot to work towards, it was starting to dissipate, and it wasn't as as present in my mind. as, as and, and I was also, also comparing how my mindset and my approach previously, even watching previous videos, like this the stuff I used to do in the gym, like just the, the techniques and intensity techniques and drop sets and just supersets, just crazy shit that I hadn't done in a while. And I, and I started thinking, why haven't I done that? Like, if I really want to progress, I should be pushing myself a little more. So I think, uh, you know, when people, in not, not all cases, but in some cases, when people start to get, you know, certain level of success, there's always a risk of that mindset to conforming slightly 
because you are starting to get what you have been almost working towards, right? So for for example, this prep, that's one of the things that I've had to really think about pretty much every training session. I'm like, how can I match the intensity that I had before? Like my physique has changed through the years and through the years, certain muscle groups have improved. Some of them have either remained at par or or, or something, you know, even, even, even regressed a little bit, right? And yes, bodybuilding, it's not just about growing altogether. It's not just about size, it's about polishing your physique, but all in all, you're, you're, you want to ensure that your physique looks better overall. And I've had to really resort to my previous thinking. Why, why was I thinking at that moment in time that made me do all this crazy shit when it comes to the training, right? Uh, so my point is, when it comes to training, we all have different little tools or little thoughts or ideas or sayings or whatever. Uh, and if you don't, I think you should, because those are going to help you through the harder sets, the harder weeks, the harder uh, days of the prep, right? Uh, these are all tools that... Uh, that we should employ when it comes to to training when we need them the most. So, would you say that? I guess in the way that you just worded that, would you say that complacency played a role? Like you you saw the success, and then it was more. I guess the better suited phrase I think would be that you got a little bit complacent. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I needed to catch. And I'm glad I, I caught myself in this almost like train of thought because even if what your reason and your why could potentially have a different angle or change slightly, but I think it should always be the will to become the best version of yourself, your best self, right? Uh, now the tools that may get you there may change a little bit. As long as the why it's still aligned or it's still um, within the same realm, I think that's uh, that's what matters most. But uh, I was complacent a little bit. All, of course, you know, once you start to grow your business and once you start to, you know, have other factors in your life and aspects, these are more things that are going to occupy space in your mind, right? So before where I literally, all I had to do is, uh, you know, years ago, work the front desk and, and fo- focus on my prep, right? Maybe I had like three to five personal training clients and that was that, right? Like I, I had a lot more energy and, and mental effort to go to, to the prep and bodybuilding. As you, you know, develop yourself and your business and, you know, you find your significant other and whatnot, and you start to obviously have plans and things to focus about in that regard as well, because of course it's also important. It's, it's, it's important to find that balance as to, and, and also set boundaries. Because if one of them is almost like overtaking the other one, you have to ensure that you almost like split that graph or whatever in as, as, be, as, as best proportions as you can. So, they're not affecting each other and the overall picture is still making you happy because if you're investing too much in other things and you're taking a, a, lot, a little bit too much on what makes you happy or what from what you need to do to get to where you want to get, you're going to start to become unhappy, right? So that's something every single prep I have to, and I think all of us have to, um, well, especially as we get closer to the show, you know, um, you have less energy, so you have to be a lot, a lot smarter with, you know, with, whether it's saying no to friends, going out, social events, um, you know, of course you're trying to keep up with all of your responsibilities, but, you know, the ones that are absolute musts, you know, those are non-negotiables, of course, but if there are any that, you know, you have to let go because for the sake of focusing still the most on what you're trying to achieve, then so be it, right? Like it's, you know, a lot of people will say this, this sport is selfish and they're right. It is. You have to say no to a lot of things uh, for the sake of saying yes to yourself. So, it's, man, I don't think, okay, there's people that don't bodybuild that think the sport is selfish, but then there's us who actually do it. And again, like, you know, only my second prep, 
you now what's prep number 16 prep number 17 16 seven. okay so you know better than majority of people that this is literally the most selfish sport that there is and if you don't have mm-hmm. a partner that's actually understanding of it like whew, watch out that's going to be really tough oh man will it ever like and, and even then like a lot of people will say oh yeah i support you i you know i'm gonna do my, my best to understand it and they still don't i mean they they will try but it's it's in a lot of cases not always but in a lot of cases this is something that uh you have to live to truly understand so um you know some partners are great they don't really understand it fully but they're just you know what if it makes her or him happy fuck it i'll just support you as much as possible just let's just ensure that once you're done with that you know we uh, refocus on us in a relationship we you know make the most out of it which is perfectly valid it's completely understandable but a lot of people will say yes i support you yes i want you to do well but then when it comes to you doing what you're supposed to do then there's a lot of whether it's complaining or trying to make you feel guilty for doing what you're supposed to do whether it's staying late at the gym because you have to do cardio whether it is you know not really wanting to do much because you're literally tired let's say you know your significant other says hey let's go watch a movie if it's at the theater sometimes it's out of the question because you don't want to be smelling popcorn you're just starving you might not even enjoy the movie because you're so tired anyways and if it's like doing it at home it depends if you run out of your meals and you're done you gotta go to bed you're gonna be starving. You're gonna be in a bad mood. You're not gonna enjoy the movie. You're not. It's not gonna be fun for anyone. So this is a reality that you know. I'm so lucky that I found someone that understands. I mean, she does it as well, of course. But you know, we've prepped together seven times already. So by now, we have it completely figured out. That like we know when to step back, give it their time. Oh, maybe they're just hungry. Maybe I'll ask this question once they have food in their system. Um, I mean, these are. Yeah. Yeah. These are these are things that you know, and, and and you know, if I say, oh, I'm sorry, or if she says, I'm, if I want to do something, she says, no, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna be so tired. I 100% understand, and I, I say, you know what, that's fine. Let's just let's just try again. And sometimes, honestly, there's not a whole lot of, and and I don't think this is only motivated. Like when you have two people that are really busy and they're really working on themselves and their businesses and really try to bring themselves individually, but ultimately this is going to bring the couple together. Uh, there's going to be very little uh, us time. But the important thing, I think, is to make sure that that little us time is, is you know. You got to make it count. You got to make it count, exactly. You got to make it count. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's you know, sure you were like someone that has all of the time in the world for you. But if that person has all of the time in the world, they're probably not doing shit. So they're probably just, I mean, I mean it is the reality. What kind of person do you want to like, do you want some, someone driven? Do you want someone that is going to... Uh, it depends on what you want in the part. Some some females may want a male that is a provider and is basically taking care of all of the, of the expenses and whatnot, if that's the case, and if that's what he wants, that was going to work. But the female needs to understand that the male is going to be very busy working on the business. It's going to be very little time uh, to spare. As long as there's some, of course, I mean, this is important. You have to develop the relationship and communicate, but uh, it, it is a reality that needs to be understood. So, Well, everything is time management, right? And again, everybody has their own preferences. I mean, speaking from a personal personal standpoint, I could never date somebody that didn't do shit. I, I just don't. I find ambition attractive personally. And if somebody has their own goals, what they want to achieve in life, whether it's a career path of some kind or an entrepreneur, whatever it might be, you want to work two jobs and you're still going to university, whatever, fine. Always support you. If I'm with you, that's that's great. But if you're not doing anything, it is such an immediate turnoff for somebody like me because I work <laughs> so much as it is and I go to the gym and I make time for the things that are important yeah. that I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing like it just wouldn't it wouldn't work you, you know it's so funny because I'm, I'm very similar to you in that regard exactly the same like i this is what i look for uh, of course but there are some males that don't 
care if she does nothing. It's just because I've had clients like uh, older or uh, uh, males, well, I'm talking about between 40 and 50, they already own their companies, they're incredibly loaded. And literally, you know, they would have their preference on the, on the younger females, you know, under 20s and, or whatever. And, you know, just talking to, to, to these, these people, I'm like, do you not care like if, if she's not like the most eloquent or she doesn't have like, like deep conversations or whatever? Because I, honestly, after working the entire day, I am exhausted. I am, I've had so many complicated thoughts in my mind that I just want simplicity. Like the more simple-minded this person is, the better. I'm like, hey, man, if that works for you, then that's what works for you. And if, if, if this person is primarily focused on the looks and the company, so be it. If it works for you, who am I to say, oh, man, that's not what you should prefer or like, right? You, you like what you like, you want what you want. But it's very interesting how, like, different people, different stages of life, different levels of income may make you think differently about what you want on the opposite sex. Man, the dynamic is so different. I actually had this conversation uh with one of my coworkers the other day, we were talking and a girl I used to date before or whatever, who is now like married with kids, had a really good job for a company making almost six figures. And she quit because her partner got an even higher paying job. So she's now a stay at home mom. And I was like, oh, like good for her. And right away, my coworker goes, I could never fucking date somebody like that. He's like, I just couldn't. He's like, even if the roles were reversed. And, and this was a very good point because I, I relate to this. He goes, even if my partner was making over six figures, like some stupid amount, like 200K a year as a CEO or whatever. He's like, I'd still want to work. He's like, because that gratification of hard work makes me feel whole. And I, and I said the same thing. Yes. I'm like, instant gratification is my job. I'm like, but that delayed gratification is bodybuilding. So to me, they go hand in hand. I could never be, I don't, I don't want to say lazy, but I could never be that person who's like a stay at home partner because my <laughs> significant other makes so much money. I couldn't do it. Cause I have my own pride. Right. And I, I have my own goals. So it's crazy to see though, how different people react. Simplicity. You literally just told me that some guy who's super well off just wants to work after a long day of work, just wants to fuck someone who's not going to talk very much. That's literally what you just told me. That's literally what you just said. That's what I said, but that's not how I said it. You said it politely. I said it bluntly. It's okay. Um, yes. I mean, in, in, and it depends on the type of person, because if that's just not something that, you know, that type of deep conversation or connection. Who knows? Maybe this, like some people have already divorced, right? Like they, they've gone through the marriages, they've had that. And now they're at the point in which they're like, you know what? Whether they don't believe in marriage anymore because of their experiences or whatever, whether it's not something they're looking for, whatever the case may be, uh, they're just looking for something different. And yeah, that's, you know, that's exactly what they're looking for. They're looking just to some company, distress, whatever the case is, right? You know what? That's a valid point. When you explain it like that, that I understand. I'm that guy. I've been for the long relationship where like, you know, it was like four to five years of my life, child involved, got cheated on. After that, I was like, nope, never date anybody again. It took <laughs> years to snap out of it. Years, right? But so I relate when you put it like that. But the initial way that it was explained, I was like, oh, you know what I mean? Anyways, let's switch gears. I have a question for you, actually. All right. We're going into, you're, you're in prep seven, number 17 right now. Yes. I, I want you to tell me and tell the listeners, what is your why with this prep? What is your why? What is driving you now? Prep number 17. Um, let me think about that for a second to put it as you think about it. I want the Atlas athletes. I want the people that go to the gym, the people who, where the fuck they are listening to hear why somebody who's now in prep number 17 has such a strong why to keep continuing to push for the pro card. I want, I want them to hear it from someone who is a true lover of the sport. 
Yeah, you know what? I, and, I, and we've had conversations um, around this topic, and the elephant in the room is that when you do a pro qualifier, it's a pro card, right? That's obviously something something that. So you have the pro card, and most of us doing a pro qualifier. Of course, this is the outcome that we would like for it to be ours. However, we have to keep in mind that when someone focuses on that too much, when you're just focusing on that reward you start to think less about the process itself. So you start to think less about every single piece of the puzzle and what you need to do day to day. Ultimately, you would, you should think in terms of if you become your best version, whatever that means for whatever prep you're doing, that the outcome, you're setting yourself in a better position so that that pro card, you know, is granted to you or that outcome comes your way. So last year I was prepping for a show, didn't happen. I looked quite improved from previous preps, but in hindsight, there were things that were not better. Uh, my back was better in 2019. I, I realized my chest sucked last year and that pissed me off. Shoulders are great. The quads were better than in 2019, but not as good as they've ever been. So this year, what I'm trying to do is even given the, the little obstacles that I have this year, meaning, you know, and I don't want to get too too much into, into the details, but, you know, things that, you know, arise when you get busier and things that arise when you start to train a little bit too hard, of course. Um, little obstacles. Every single prep is going to have their obstacles. But this, this, this prep, I find that has the most outside factors that could potentially distract my mindset. So the challenge this prep is to find First of, first of all, elevate, elevate my mindset so I can take care of as much as possible. Eventually, I'm going to have to, of course, start to prioritize and set some sort of hierarchy in which my prep eventually is going to get to the top, especially as I get closer to the show. This is something that I've worked for, worked towards for years, and it eventually is going to uh, take the priority closer to the show. My goal is to create a physique that is undeniably the best that and the most complete I've ever brought to any stage uh, so far and this is not just size wise this is conditioning this is presentation this is literally in every single aspect and i i have put myself in a position in which uh, so right now that's the only show that i'm planning and that's probably because of the schedule and how things are going to work this year that is very likely the only show that i will have a chance to do which puts a little bit more pressure on myself because it's the no plan b approach it's that or nothing there's no Oh, if I can't do this show, maybe I can do this one other show. It's just this show or nothing. So because of that, I put myself, I'm almost putting a little bit too much pressure on myself, which it could be beneficial, but at, at one point could become detrimental as well. So I have to manage that. If it, 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 it gets to a point in which it's starting to affect my mindset and almost starting to bring me down, then I have to like kind of like adjust things because as long as it benefits me in the sense of, okay, not good enough, let's push harder, let's push harder, let's just keep that mindset that allows me to push harder, then we're good. But if it starts to be like, oh, I'm not good enough, and you know, start to doubt myself, then that is when it becomes detrimental and you have to create a shit. Like, we have to realize you are in control of your mind. You can mind fuck yourself however you need to in order for you to start to believe whatever you need to believe or not believe whatever you shouldn't believe, right? Whether... Whatever the case is, if you believe that you're capable of achieving your goal, it starts with that because if you don't, everything, your subconscious is going to act on that. Yeah, everything that you do is going to be affected by that uh, mindset that you have. If, you don't, if you're like going into analysis, how it goes, 
it's not it's just not gonna work if you believe that you can achieve the goal then you are actually going to set your actions and they're going to be more aligned with that goal. they're going to be you're probably going to train harder you're probably going to be more strict because you actually believe you can get to the goal because if you don't you'll be like ah you, you start to have that stuff it's just it's just how it works that's how the mindset works when it comes to the sport or anything and eventually hopefully that answered the question i don't know try not to go around the bush as much as possible but no no that, that was completely good to be honest so that was a lot at once but i know what i got from it i hope everybody else got exactly what you were trying to say because there was a lot of really uh good takeaways from that for anybody i believe there was a topic that you want to touch on specifically though yeah there is um i guess the best way you could describe it is social media and how it can become distracting and detrimental to your goal and your own process. There is that saying that goes, comparison is the thief of joy. And it is very true when it comes to this sport at times, because let's say I am prepping for this show and then I'm quite confident in my abilities. I am improving tremendously. I'm putting a lot into this. This is the best I've ever, ever thought and looked and whatnot. And then I open Instagram and I come across an account of a competitor I will be potentially going against. This picture looks just incredible. Amazing picture. Every single kid, this guy looks big, shredded, seems to post well, has a very well-known coach. Like every single aspect or every single thing that could potentially fuck with your mind is there in that picture. You have two options at that point. If you allow yourself to throw you off your game, it is going to rob you from the potential of continuing down the path that you wear. So it's like decision time. Do you allow for that picture to affect you negatively or do you allow for that picture to affect you positively? Negatively would include... um, getting very demotivated, uh, stopping believing in yourself, starting to think that that competitor is unbeatable, uh, that, you know, there's, why should I even do that show? Perhaps I should pick another show. First of all, you have to, I have to keep in mind in this case that this is a competition. Things are not going to come just easily. This, especially the higher level you go, you have com- uh, com- competitors coming from all over the world. Some of them have been doing this for years potentially more years than you and i have right for some people it is their time some people are going to be potentially ahead of i think we are in a generation that that instant gratification or expectation of you know winning the first show or turning pro at the first attempt or winning even the class at a pro qualifier at the first attempt that's very very common and i always like to use the example of myself i didn't win my show like my class until the sixth show. The first attempt, it was terrible. I don't even know my placing. I looked like absolute trash. The second one, I started to improve. I got, I think, third place, and the next one, second. So I started to improve. That That is the mindset that you should have always. Try to improve as much as possible. Try to learn as much as possible. Collect data. Apply it for the next time. But when we're just focusing on just that one first place, and if you don't get that one first place, then you lost. And then you're, you know, you're a loser. And then you just, you don't lose. You learn. And then you apply the next time. You are a quitter when you stop trying. So I think it's important to note, and, and this is a situation that I've uh, experienced with people close to me and people that I know or people that I, uh, I even work with. It, this is something that um, happens quite often. And, and, and you, you need to realize what really the situation is. If this is starting to affect you negatively mentally, log off, shut it down for a while. Like just forget about it. it this is... Whatever that, that other person is doing has absolutely nothing to do with what you're doing. You're letting something that, for all you know, maybe the alcohol, maybe the 
filter, maybe just a time of day. It's just, you're not, it's not the Instagram classic, right? You're not competing online. You're competing in person. And sometimes, and more often than not, actually, like when you, all those people that look amazing on Instagram, you put them right next to someone else, they're like, eh, it's just not the same. And I'm not saying that's always the case, but I'm saying that Instagram is not reality and Instagram shouldn't affect your reality either. So, Can I interject? Huh? Can I interject? Can of I make course. a point real quick? Okay. Yeah. I was guilty of that last year. I know a lot of people are, you know, especially towards the end of prep, you start to kind of like focus too much because you probably have so much downtime, especially if you're taking time off work towards the end of your prep, if you work a normal job. I mean, what do you do? You're relaxing at home, you're training, you're sleeping, you're posing, and then you're on your phone. Most likely, right? So you start scrolling. And of course, if you're in this uh, community of bodybuilders, well, you follow everybody else. So if you're doing a local show uh, or even a national show, you it's going to pop up in your feed when people post their updates or whatever. Keep in mind, and this is to anyone, taking a photo with good lighting, adding a couple points to the structure filter, adding a couple points to the sharpness filter, anybody can do. What really matters is how you look on the day of the show. And at the end of the day, like you said many times, you're trying to bring your best physique. It's not your best photo on Instagram with two or 300 likes versus the next person who's got two or 300 likes. It's, it's you peaking properly, not cheating on your diet, doing everything you're supposed to do, bring your absolute best, because if you bring your best, that was better than the previous time. It's already a victory. And that's the way you need to look at it. I, myself personally, I just deleted Instagram off my phone until I think peak week, because at that point it was what it was. And it helped me a lot. So if someone does that and you're so addicted to your phone that you can't delete Instagram off of it because you're that addicted to social media, that's another issue on its own. Yeah. But this is just some friendly advice like from someone who's actually gone through it. I'm sure we all have at some point or another is you're going to obsess. You're going to give yourself probably a, a really shitty case of body dysmorphia if you're constantly comparing yourself frequently to everybody else. And it's not reality because anyone can filter a photo to look 10 times better than they actually look in person. Yeah, and I think it's important to mention that it may be the case that you do everything right, you put everything into a prep, you you know check all of the boxes, you follow everything strictly, you show up and you get destroyed. That's a reality. Like you don't know who's going to show up. You may, everyone, the, the level might be incredibly high and maybe you were aiming for top three and you get freaking 10th. Like it's, it can happen. Now, what are you going to do? What is your reaction to that? Are you going to just get angry at the world, get angry at your coach, get angry at yourself, at judges, at sports, just pull that mentality? That's an option. Another option is to actually take notes, see where you can improve, and then come back the next year even better. It's all about decisions. And, and, and you know, throughout the years and history in bodybuilding, you've had competitors that have been fucking getting second at Mr. Olympia for like five, six years. What do they do? Do they get pissed it's off? Right. You have Lex Wheeler. You have guys like Sean Ray. You got freaking uh, Jay Cutler, of course. You have Phil Heath, even Phil Heath. He was getting close to it. And then, you know, so, oh, Kai Green, right? Like, you have I so many of them, you know, and, and they kept uh, coming Marcus back. Uh, Marcus Rolls, another one. Right. So you have so many amazing competitors. They were just incredibly high level. They kept getting second, kept getting close, never really gotten the title. They didn't quit. They just came back next year and proved. And even then, sometimes, still didn't get first. 
they came back even better. Like they, it's not about, at that point, it's about what, it is a comment of, on, on your character, what you do after that. So I will, I will leave it at that. It's your character and your result. I have one quote, and I'll leave it with everybody. It's a Lee Haney quote. And he said, in order to be a master of something, you have to be a student of it first. Let that resonate for everyone listening. If you fail the first two, three, four times, how strong is your result? How far are you willing to go, right? Like, that's, that's the truth of the matter. And the truth of the matter is, after the first attempt, you quit. You were full of shit. You just didn't want it enough. You said you wanted it, but you didn't. You just thought it was cool to say that you did. And then your actions after that are really not aligned with what you were saying. And that's where, why a lot of people quit. So there you go. Alrighty, everybody. Well, thank you for listening again. We hope you took away some knowledge, some motivation. Hopefully this inspires you to do some of your own research as well. Those that are competitors um, who do obsess too much of Instagram, I hope this was helpful as well. Humberto, thank you for your time, man. And we hope you guys all have a great, fantastic week. Kill it, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>